Welcome to Naptime Sports Talk Podcast. We are two dads talking sports during nap times. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. Welcome back to Naptime Sports Talk Podcast. In episode four, we will go over key NFL offseason dates and then do our own mock draft for round one of the NFL draft. Enjoy the show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to episode four. We uh we got a good one. Uh, Riley and I are both really, really big when it comes to the uh, NFL draft. And we're going to lay out our first mock draft. So this will be exciting to look back in, in a month or two and see how, how much it changes. But uh, we got a, we got some big dates coming up here for the NFL offseason. And uh, Riley, what do we got? Yeah, so just upcoming here, we on February 20th, we'll start to see some moves happen around the NFL. So that's the date that teams can start to designate franchise tags on players who are going to be free agents. And then also apply transition tags on, um, I think, like undrafted free agents and things like that. So, yeah, you know, just some key guys, like, just put in perspective, the Vikings can't put a franchise tag on Daniil Hunter because yep. he has that written in his contract. So that's, um, you know, some people might say, well, why can't we put a franchise tag on Hunter? But that's the reason why is because in his contract, uh, they decided not to do the franchise tag this offseason. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Hopefully they can get a, a deal done long-term because you don't want to lose a guy like that. Yeah, you know, um, it would not be... It would not be very cool if he ends up going to the Chicago Bears. I know they have interest right now. They have a lot of cap space to spend. So we just got to keep him keep him back here in Minnesota. It would be the best thing. And then, so the next date after that is one of my favorite times besides the draft. And that is the NFL Scout, Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Yep. And that will happen from February 27th through March 4th. And Zach, I don't know if you saw this today, but... The Michigan Wolverines have a new record for the most players to ever be invited to the NFL Scouting Combine, and that is at 18. 18? Uh, well, actually, 18 guys. Actually, I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen um, who is uh, who's going to be in the in the Combine this year. I haven't seen any names yet. I, I'm, I'm assuming a guy like J.J. McCarthy would be there. Hopefully he's throwing. Yep. Hopefully he's running. But uh, 18 guys, I mean, man, I know they're in national championships, but uh, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, and we'll see if 18 guys get drafted in the NFL here in April. But um, I know a big top, they came out with the list today of the invites, and the top quarterbacks will all be there Caleb Williams, Drake nice. May, Jaden Daniels. And then we also have, you know, like JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. So those top QBs will be there, and there's some really overall great other prospects that will be attending there. So I'm I'm really excited to see what these guys can do and just see the athleticism out of all these guys. Same here. I can't wait. It's I hope every, all those guys throw, and I really hope all those guys run. I'm really curious to see what, like, a Drake May runs. Obviously, Jaden Daniels, I would think that he'd be like a 4-3 guy. So I just hope mm-hmm. everyone participates, but I love this quarterback class. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to see J.J. McCarthy run, too, to see what he can put up. Yep, yep, for sure. Should be pretty quick. So, I think he's going to surprise people. I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, he's like a 4-5 guy. Yeah. Well, he can move pretty well. You yep. know, I see that in his tape, that's for sure. So. Yep. Then uh, another date after that is March 11th, 
and the 13th, and that's when the free agent negotiating window opens. So that's not exactly when free agency begins, but that is when teams can go now and talk to players before that window begins and start getting deals in place. So when the new league year happens on the March on March 13th at 3 p.m. Central Time, um, then those guys can start signing those contracts. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's honestly one of my favorite things about the entire offseason. I mean, those those couple days there where tampering starts, I mean, it's the news that comes and the guys that agree to terms. And then a lot sometimes guys will back out of their contracts that they agreed upon and uh, before they actually can sign it. So it's it's mayhem. It really is. Yeah, I'm very excited for free agency this year. Obviously, a lot of different guys around the NFL big name guys can be free agents and then also just to see what the bikes do at the quarterback position with Kirk Cousins they let him walk into free agency or if they extend him before that time so absolutely a lot of big things coming and I think we'll have a better idea of where teams may look towards the draft after free agency starts and we will um we'll do another mock draft as well once that period happens yeah for sure I think when it's all said and done we'll probably have three or maybe even four mock drafts. So it's going to be fun to look back at this podcast and kind of compare to what our, our final pot, our final uh, mock will be. So, so starting things off here, I mean, obviously the bears have the number one pick in the draft, thanks to the uh, Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to let you take this one away here. What are the bears going to do? And let's be clear. Just, I just want to clear this up real fast. This is what we would do. Okay. This isn't what, uh, we think is going to happen. This is what Riley and I would do. Like, so Riley's got the number one pick here. Riley, what would you do with that number one overall pick? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's going to be a fun one this year, the draft, April 25th through April 27th, and it's going to be in Detroit, which will be really cool to see. Yep. But so sitting at the first overall pick with the Chicago Bears, you know, there's a lot of talk right now, you know, are they going going to trade out of that pick to receive a haul? Probably a, 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 an a historic haul, too, since Caleb Williams is sitting there with the number one as as the number one quarterback coming out of this class. Um, you know, then there's talk about, well, do they stay with Justin Fields, run it back another, you know, run it back with him, add maybe a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. at the wider wide receiver position. Um but at the end of the day, I think, you know, it'll be smart for the Bears to just sit there and take Caleb Williams and reset that quarterback clock. You know, they have all that cap space. They can really build a solid roster around him. And if they hit on Williams, man, he looks special in college. He's got a great arm, just makes crazy throws, and he's got incredible accuracy too. So I think if the Bears took him, that would be the best thing. That's what I would do. And as a Vikings fan, I'd be pretty, pretty nervous going forward with seeing what the Bears can put together here this offseason. Yeah, for sure. I think um, obviously I'm one of the bigger Justin Fields fans out there. I truly believe in him. I think he's an MVP caliber quarterback, but I would do the yeah. same thing. I'm taking Caleb Williams at one, not even thinking about it. You can go ahead and trade Ch Justin for maybe you know a second and a third or something along those lines. And in my opinion, and a lot of people agree with this, um, Caleb Williams, I mean, that's the closest thing we've seen to Patrick Mahomes in the league. He plays a lot like him. Yeah. They're kind of built the same. 
Uh, Caleb's actually a little faster. Arm strength is almost identical. You know, the weird throwing angles that both of these guys have, especially outside of the pocket, I mean, it's almost, they're almost clones. So, you yeah, know, for sure. The Bears obviously passed on Patrick Mahomes um, a couple years back and they took Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. So that's right. Now they can, can correct this wrong and go ahead, get your franchise guy. I think at the end of the day, Caleb Williams will be the quarterback in Chicago. Yeah, you know, I think, well, yeah, I think so too. And like I said, man, if if they hit on him, they're going to have their franchise guy for years and years to come. So, well, with the second overall pick, you have the Washington Commanders on the clock, Zach. And since you're doing the evens in this mock and I'm going to be doing the odds, you're up. Yep. So with Washington, um, obviously you got a, you got a new head coach. You got a new offense coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury. What I would do with the number two pick in the draft is I would go and take Jaden Daniels, quarterback, LSU. Don't I would take okay. him. Uh, I would take him over Drake May. I think he's just more mm-hmm. dynamic. Um, when it comes to yeah. just just the fluidity of passing, I think they're pretty similar. They're pretty close. So, and obviously Jaden Daniels has that scrambling ability. So having a guy yeah. like that, you know, at quarterback is such a just a deadly weapon. Reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson. And going back to Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, Cliff worked, he worked with uh, guys like Johnny Manziel, you know, Caleb Williams, Patrick Mahomes. He worked with Kyler Murray in Arizona. So I think uh, Jaden McDaniels kind of fits that mold. Yeah, that would be a really good pick. And I just think you can't go wrong with either of those guys at yep. number two. Yep. This quarterback class, I believe, is going to be one of the more historic classes that we've seen in quite a while obviously go back to that Mahomes draft um who was also in that draft I can't remember off the top of my head uh that was Trubisky uh oh god who else was in that draft? Mahomes was let's see yeah you had to look that one up that was a while ago I know Mahomes ended up going like but there was another quarterback that went before that yeah And he wasn't even, you know, I didn't even know he was going to be a first-round pick going into that night, you know? Yeah, I never thought, you know, anything of it. I just thought Mahomes was, you know, a decent quarterback prospect. I didn't think he was had the potential to be the best of all yeah. time. Though. So that was back in, let's see, that was back in 20, was that 18, 17? Let's see. That was probably 2018, yeah. 2018, yeah, we'll just look that up. We'll kind of come back to that. But, um, yeah, so the next pick on the clock here is New England Patriots. There's been a lot of talk here about, you know, do they stay with that pick or are they going to be looking to move back? Um, if I was them, you know, I'm looking at my quarterback, you know, do I go out there and find someone in free agency and, you know, maybe like a Kirk Cousins or – someone else but man if i'm sitting there with new england and i need to restart this franchise from scratch it would be hard for me to pass up on drake may so that would be my pick since we can't trade this pick yep. i would pick drake may out of north carolina yeah i really like that pick and if you just look at drake may i mean he just looks like a patriot sure. quarterback he really does and he, he looks like pick. justin herbert like yeah, he does, and he plays yeah. a lot like Justin Herbert. You no, know, you look too. at him. Looks like him in yeah, the face. Yeah, exactly. He looks exactly like him. You know, six four, two thirty. Definitely a 
NFL prototype quarterback. So, and he's young too. He's only, I think he'll be 20, 21, maybe 22 leading into next year. So he's still a young guy. And I think, uh, I think the Patriots would be, would be very happy with that pick with him sitting there at number three. Yep. I totally agree with that. Uh, moving on to pick number four, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. Uh, these guys are probably the happiest, um, probably the happiest team in the entire league. Marvin Harrison Jr. falls right in their lap. In my opinion, he's the best player in this entire draft class. Probably the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones. Actually kind of reminds me a lot of Julio Jones, you know, similar size. Julio was a little bit, uh, he weighed a little bit more, but, you know, Julio ran a four three nine. He was a four three guy, and I think Marvin is going to be right around there. He might be even faster than a four three nine. So Cardinals, you know, obviously they they've had guys like Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald, and then it's been it's it's kind of been a while since they've had a legit number one receiver. Well, you solve that problem, you run to the podium, you tur- turn that card in, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is now Arizona Cardinal. Man, that would be a that would be a slam dunk pick for them because. You just watch him. He's the best wide receiver I've seen coming out of college for, I don't know, maybe ever, you know? So yeah, he's, he's, yep, he's, he's special generational type wide receiver. I think he comes in and he's a, he's a top 10 wide receiver his rookie year. Um, and that would be a, a very nice pairing for Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely. So yeah, sitting at pick number five, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, and you know, John Harbaugh, Jim or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, he's really known for building those trenches. You know, having a solid line, solid defensive lines. But just sitting here, man, you know, they have Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams. I should, I think he'll be back next year, right? Yeah, Mike Williams will be. Then they took Keenan Allen will probably be off the team. Will he? Okay. So, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Like, you know, you have guys sitting here, uh, wide receiver Malik Neighbors. They could maybe go tight end Brock Bowers from Georgia. Uh, they could maybe go Roma Dunze from Washington, wide receiver. Or they could sit there and really sure up their offense line and go tackle, um, you know, maybe Joe Alter, Hashanu out of Penn State. So, but I'm sitting there, man. I want to maximize this offense. And if Keenan Allen's leaving, that's kind of a no-brainer for me right now that I would take Malik Neighbors out of LSU. And Malik Neighbors, if if Marv Harrison Jr. is not in this class, Malik Neighbors would be the number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Yep, I totally agree with you. I think, honestly, the gap between Marvin Harrison Jr. and obviously we just break them up, but Malik Neighbors, I mean – He's really, he's right there. He's almost, he's as a prospect, he's just as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. Honestly, reminds me a lot of of uh, Antonio Brown, just the way he moves, um, his explosiveness. Malik Neighbors with Justin Herbert. I mean, man, what an absolute home run! Yeah, that would be an outstanding pick, and uh, and I know that uh, Raiders fans would probably be a little nervous about that one. Yeah, absolutely. You would have to. Uh, You'd have to try to get another corner or two in free agency because trying to stop him with Mike Williams and whoever else they bring in. Obviously, you know Jim Harbaugh's known for being one of the better quarterback coaches in in the world. Yeah, for so sure. So Justin Herbert's game is going to go to an entirely different level. Yeah, so, and he's also on, yeah a lot uh, to worry about. He's also on Bruce Feldman's freaks li- freak list 
beeped before the college season started. So, sure, you know, he sure. always has that list that's really cool to check out, but he was on that list. So he definitely he definitely fit that as a kind of athletic freak with um, incredible ball skills, that's for sure. So, Yeah, for, for sure. Move, moving forward, we got the New York Giants on the clock at six. I think they just go best play, player available. available. Uh, and, and in my opinion, I think that's Brock Bowers, mm-hmm. tight end from Georgia. Uh, 6'4", 240 pounds. He's just as good as a pass catcher as he is a blocker. Um, to be honest with you, within a year, within a couple years, I would expect him to be a top five tight end in the NFL. Yeah, man, just watch him at Georgia. He's special. He's probably one of the best tight ends I've seen in a long time. Just, he's yep. he's yep. all around tight end. He can block. He can go in line block. You can put him out in the slot at tight end or out out in the X position too, and he can even be out there and make plays. So he's a special talent, and I think that would be a great pick for for uh the New York Giants. Do you think that they would think about maybe a quarterback at number six, or do you think they're going to run it back another year of Daniel Jones and then maybe look for a guy if Daniel Jones doesn't produce in the next draft here in 2025? Yeah, so the only reason why I didn't go quarterback here is because they got Daniel Jones under that bigger contract for one more season. They can get out of it after this next season. So I would think that they would try to run it back one more year with Daniel Jones. He was hurt a little bit last year. So give him one more chance. I mean, obviously the Giants are probably in a rebuild now, now because it sounds like they're going to let Saquon Barkley go. So, and we talked about it in the past. I like that 2025 quarterback yeah, class. Yeah, for sure. So you go out here, you get a, a guy like Brock Bowers, and then depending, you know, where you're picking next mm-hmm. year, I mean, you can maybe get a guy like Shador Sanders next year's draft. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That quarterback class next year is very exciting as Looking well nice. too. So yep. we'll sit here at the number seventh pick here in the first round is the Tennessee Titans. They move on from Mike Vrabel. Um, and, you know, one thing that, you know, I think they need is just continuing to add to that offensive line. Um, you know, right now at this pick, they'd have their their choice of whoever, whoever they think is the best offense tackle. Taylor Lewan, you know, left. They never were able to really replace him. So I would probably sit here and take, if I was the Tennessee Titans, I would be picking Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. Offense tackle. He's a big dude. Uh, I think he's like 6'8", probably 315. Notre Dame boy. You know how I like my Notre Dame boys. And then, you know, he's also yep. from Minnesota too. So this is a very fun prospect. And I think he would fit nicely down on the left tackle position for the Tennessee Titans. Yep, and I totally agree with you. I uh, I think the Tennessee Titans have to start building it from the inside out. A guy like Joe Alt, I, I do think he's the best tackle in this draft. I think he's only allowed one sack in his entire college career. Um, he's that kind of guy. So you plug him in at left tackle, and hopefully he's your left tackle for the next decade plus. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to uh, pick eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they just, uh, their new head coach is Raheem Morris. So I think they're going to go on the defensive side of the ball here. I do, you could look at quarterback here at eight with, uh, maybe a guy like JJ McCarthy, but I do think that they're either going to go out and get a guy like Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. like we talked about before, yeah. or, or can make it, make a trade for a guy like, uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, sure. You know, Justin Fields is from Atlanta. I think that would be a really nice fit there for quarterback. 
So with eighth pick, I'm going to say that the Falcons take Dallas Turner, uh, defensive end on the Alabama. Okay. Uh, the Falcons really struggled with pass rush the last couple of years. Clayus Campbell being their best pass rusher, I think he's 37, 38 years old. Um, and after him, I don't think they had anyone that had more than seven sacks last year. Yeah. So you get a guy like Dallas Turner, super explosive off the first, you know, first step. Um, had 10 sacks last year, I'm pretty sure. Um, just probably, in my opinion, he's the best pass rusher in the draft. He falls to eight. Atlanta runs to the board, turns that card in. You got a new pass rusher in Atlanta. Yeah, I know. One thing you're watching with Turner is just a bit, his athleticism just jumps off the tape. Going back to sure. the Michigan-Alabama game, the way he closed in on a sack, J.J. scrambled off to the left, and just the way he was able to just hit that edge, man, and, turn just turn, and he was there yeah. in the second. So I think that's an exciting yeah. pick. If the Vikings, you know, if I was a Vikings fan, I'd be pretty bummed out at that position because he's one guy. If they would go defense, I would love to have on the edge. Yeah, absolutely, so. for sure. Well, the Chicago Bears are back up on the ninth pick, so this is their actual pick from this season. Obviously, the first overall pick was from Carolina uh, from the trade from last year. But, you know, they just got their quarterback, and this class, they have, you know, they have a, a you know, three guys at that wide receiver position that all are, you know, all could be number one guys in other drafts. So, I think they'd add a big body wide receiver, uh, Roman Odunze out of Washington. That's what nice. I would do this pick. Um, pair him up with DJ Moore, Cole Komet, uh, Darnell Mooney. I think he'll be back next year. Um, and man, I would be, that's going to be a really, really uh, tough matchup going forward, you know, having to guard a guy like Odunze and then a, another guy like Moore and then Cole, and then uh, Cole Komet too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And one thing about Caleb Williams is he loves to push the ball down the field. So you get a guy like Rome where last year, I mean, his connection with Penix on those deep balls, it just were unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, there's nothing you could do do about it. He uh, he led uh, college football in receiving yards last year. I think he had almost 1,700 receiving yards. So a guy like that that can stretch the field and you can have a guy like DJ Moore kind of work underneath a little bit more. I mean, talk about some nice weapons for Caleb Williams. Yeah, for sure. You know, they'd definitely be setting them up nicely there going forward, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, moving to uh, pick 10 here, the New York Jets are on the clock. Um, I think they'd be very excited about this pick. I, I really don't think that there's a big difference between um, the top two tackles in this draft. So with the 10th pick, the Jets select... Illuminaya Fasciano, if I said that correct. That's a tough one to say. That's a mouthful. Man, that, that is a mouthful, dude. And I think you uh, think but, you did really good on that one because I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, but Fasciano, I believe yeah. that's how you say his last name. So I was honestly kind of hoping that you were going to take him so I didn't have to say his name. But I didn't take alt because I just needed to hear you say that last name there. On that one, so. Oh, man. But. But the Jets would definitely take this guy if he's still on the board, I believe. Obviously, the main thing is you got to protect Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers will be back next season. A lot of people compare uh, Fasciano to uh, Trent Williams just in size. I mean, he's such a big dude, 6'7", mm -hmm. 330 pounds. Um, 
definitely a, a, an elite pass pass blocker, but kind of struggles a little bit against the run. But I mean, either way, that's what you need. You need a left tackle that can, you know, uh, pass block for Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, with the tenth pick, I think I think that's a great pick for the yeah, Jets. Yeah, I agree too. And with Fashan Fashanu, you know, he could have left last year, and his stock was high last year too, top ten as well. And he might even yep, been sure. drafted a little higher than ten here and back in the twenty twenty three draft. But he's arguably yep. a you know top ten top 15 guy that's for sure so i know he kind of had a little some struggles this year that he showed on tape but um you know i think yep. he can clean that up and he'll be a solid pick definitely a need there for the new york jets yep no doubt about it so we made it to this point um the minnesota vikings are on the clock and we're sitting here at pick number 11 you know there's there's just so much that could happen after we do this draft and you know the question mark at quarterback you know do we extend Kirk because if we extend Kirk well I don't think we're going to use this pick on a quarterback we're going to use this pick on maybe a defensive guy you know that's a big need um maybe if another wide receiver fell there I couldn't you know I could see Quasey pulling the trigger on that just trying to um you know add more talent and just have a three head wide receiver monster um, yep. you know, but I think the Vikings, you know, they sit kind of broke over this weekend. The Vikings have a, they have an idea of the amount of money that they want Kirk to sign for. And it's either he signs mm -hmm. for that or he's pretty much gone. So, but just saying yep. if Kirk left, you know, it's before for me, it's been hard to pick a quarterback at this number 11 spot and, you know, I just I feel like if you have your guy, you just got to go for it because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, you look at the next three picks coming up here, you have the Broncos, the Raiders and the and the Saints, you know. So one of those teams could 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 uh, snap your guy, too. And so for if sure. they're sitting there at this pick, you know, and there's no quarterbacks taken other than a top three that we already had. Um, we've heard this over the weekend as well. Heard it from his old coach, Jim Harbaugh. I think JJ McCarthy would be the guy that I would take at 11 over Penix and Knicks. And that is because he's still young from, you know, he was in a run heavy offense in that Harbaugh Michigan offense. But when I saw him make some plays, you know, he does have that ability. He's got a pretty elite arm. He definitely needs to develop more. I do like his ability to throw on the run. I think that is one of his better strengths. And then just his ability to move around and avoid uh, pressure in the pocket too. You know, I would think of a guy like Michael Penix maybe at this position, but Michael Penix is not, you know, he can move in the pocket, but J.J. McCarthy definitely has that, um, has a better ability to move around in the pocket. You know, saying this pick though, I think you need to match this up with a bridge quarterback because JJ McCarthy is not going to go in there right away and start um, in year one. So draft him in year one and just hopefully hit on the quarterback and he can develop and you have your guy moving forward. Yeah, and I totally agree. I mean, I like I like that pick. Uh, I think, like you said, they would they would have to get a bridge quarterback in there. You'd have to go out and get a guy like Minshew, Winston. Tannehill, something along those lines that could come in and, and start for a season or at least half the season and let JJ just sit a little bit and learn and uh, kind of pick a veteran's brain a little bit. But he's very raw 
But his his upside, I mean, I think his upside is right there, right behind a, a guy like Caleb Williams. I mean, obviously, J.J. was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. You know, he's he has all the traits that you want in a franchise quarterback. Yeah. But I just think it's going to take a little more time for for it to just be where you want it to be, you know, to, to put him on the field and, and actually start him at the next level. So I like the pick. Uh, definitely would have to get a, a veteran guy. But overall, I mean, you got it. JJ to JJ for the next decade plus. Doesn't sound too yeah, bad. Yeah, I know that'd be pretty fun. That'd be, I know Paul Allen would have a lot of fun with that one on his radio broadcast. Yeah, for sure. And then maybe in free agency, they can go out and sign a guy like Josh Jacobs. Yeah. JJ, JJ, and JJ. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that'd be crazy. The three JJs. For, uh, for so. sure. But, uh, yeah, moving on, moving on to pick 12 here. Uh, the Denver Broncos, they're probably pretty upset that you just took the you know, the quarterback, they, I think that they're really looking hard at. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, and I don't feel bad for him, honestly, with Sean Payton. Can't stand that guy. N- no, dude, exactly. <laughs> so they're probably ups- upset with that pick. But what I would do in this situation is I'm beefing up that defensive line. I love this player. He reminds me a lot of Jordan Davis from uh, from last year. Um, but Tavondre Sweat, defensive tackle from Texas. Maybe a little higher than some people have him, but... If you watch him play, he just moves bodies around. He's awesome as as a he's a good pass rusher, but man, stuffing the run. If you put if you put him in one on ones, I mean, he's gonna dominate. It doesn't matter who it is. So he uh, he won the Outland Trophy winner for the best interior lineman in college last year. He was uh, the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, this guy's just an absolute freak. I think he's three hundred and eighty, or might even be heavier than that. He's a big big dude you plug him in and uh there's your run stuffing defensive tackle for a long time yeah man i'm a little bummed out because he's a guy that i just wish would fall to the second round to the vikings because quarterback d-line that would be my dream draft right there and but man i just don't think it's gonna happen because with just things you said and also at the senior bowl he, a lot of guys had trouble going against him, and you know, you put a guy in the middle like that that can create pressure up the middle and just eat up holes right in the run game. I think that is something that teams are going to fall in love with. And yeah, I think you're right. I think we he could go a lot higher than um, he's supposed to be right now. So yeah, for sure. I think that senior senior bowl really helped him. I mean, if you if you watch you know the practice highlights and stuff, dude, he was throwing bodies around. So. Yeah, Seems like a really nice a, kid, too. He was definitely a man amongst, uh, I don't want to say boys, sure. you know, but, man, because <laughs> they're not all boys, but he just is, like you said, he's, he is a, he is a big dude, just put it yeah. that way. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, he definitely is. Uh, moving on to 13, so I'm going to take over this pick because uh, the Raiders are now on the clock. So looking at the quarterback position, I don't know if I could really take a quarterback here at 13. I know – Previously, I talked about Penix here, um, but I re- I really have to see what Penix is going to do at the combine here. I just want to see what he looks like, um, but 13 just might be just a little too rich for me. I would probably still trade up in, in the later first round and, and get him just so you can have that fifth-year option on him. But right here, if I'm the Raiders, obviously also pretty upset that Sweat just went right in front of you, but I would take... Uh, Jerzan Newton, defensive tackle from Illinois. Kind of talked about it before. 
Yeah, kind of talked about it uh, before. They just need to beef up that defensive line. Are they going to go out and offer a fat contract to a guy like Chris Jones? I don't know. I feel like he's going to get paid big time. But you could go out and get a guy like Newton. You know, he's 6'2", 200, or 6'2", 300 pounds. So he's not the biggest defensive tackle, but just mm -hmm. a disruptive force. Great power off the line. And, you know, he's he's probably the best pass rushing defensive tackle in this draft. So getting a guy like that, plug him in next to Crosby and Poonce and let him just eat in that middle, uh, let him eat in that interior of that uh, defense. Um, I would absolutely love that pick. So, yeah, number 13, Raiders, Jerzon Newton from uh, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, I would really like that pick for you guys. Um, he is my favorite interior defense alignment in this draft. You know, just his pass rush ability and – he can you can play in a three four. You can put him in the middle. You can put him on the edge positions and just let him go to work, man. And he he would yep. be a nice he would very he would be a very nice addition to that Las Vegas Raiders D line. Yeah, I'm a huge huge fan of his. All right, well the next pick is number fourteen. Um, you know I'm not very excited to make this pick because it's the Saints, but you know I'll do it anyways. So, um, <laughs> sitting here with the Saints. We got, you know, man, they are in some cap hell this they, offseason. They sure are. Yep. They are like negative $80 million under or over the cap. Thing here, though, you know, they also have a need for quarterback. And I, you know, I want to say that Penix would go before Knicks, but Knicks just reminds me a little bit of that build of their previous quarterback and Drew Brees. You know, that's a comparison I've heard before. So I'd take Bo Nix here out of Oregon, uh, Oregon right. quarterback at 14. You know, he had a really tough senior bowl, um, had a heck of a season, though, up for the Heisman. And, you know, I think if we judge him based on the senior bowl, it's kind of unfair, you know, because it's only a three-day practice. You know, anyone could be off for three days. But his tape, you know, he's got something there. Um, you know, hopefully going to the Saints, he'd be a bust, so I'd be happy with that. But yep, for sure. I definitely think that uh he you know, I think he's I think he would be a solid pick for the Saints there and they would get their they could potentially potentially get their guy going forward. Yeah, I mean I would really like that pick, like kinda like what you said. I don't really care for Bull Nicks too much and I don't care for the Saints. So, you know, just let him sit and in New Orleans for, you know, next decade or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, I just – I wouldn't be happy, like, if, say, the Raiders were to draft Bo Nix. I, I just think watching watching him play, he throws too many balls. He doesn't throw many balls, like, too far past the line of scrimmage. I think his career average is, like, his, like seven yards per attempt, which, comparing to the other quarterbacks in this draft, I mean, is really, really low. So, yeah. You know, Oregon really runs that spread offense. It, it, it's a great offense for college. I don't know how well it's going to translate to the next level. But, but, but yeah, Bo Nix to the Saints, man, That's that would be awesome for me. Yeah, so um, moving on to the 15th pick, I'm going to be picking this one again. That's the Indianapolis Colts. You know, they could use a wide receiver. They could use some O-line help, uh, some interior of the defensive line. You know, if, Jazeer, if uh, Newton was still here, I'd probably take him at this at this pick. But... You know, they got their quarterback going forward. Um, Michael Pittman, 
maybe gone. You know, he might leave in free agency. We'll see what happens with that. But, you know, I think just continuing to build those trenches is the, um, you know, just the blueprint of starting to build a solid team. You see with a lot of these teams, you saw the San Francisco 49ers, their D-line, their O-line. You see if the Chiefs, their D-line, their O-line. You know, so the Eagles, too, when they won the Super Bowl back when they were back in mini Minneapolis that year, they had a yep. solid, you know, just a stud defense line too. But so yeah, just building on the lines, I think would be a very smart pick for them. And, you know, they could sit here with arguably one of the best edge rushers on in this draft, and that is Jared Verse out of Florida State. I'll nice. take him, you know, put him right on the edge. Maybe he can come inside. You know, he's got a lot of power. Maybe he can play a three technique or go inside and do a little pass rush up the middle like the bikes used to do with Hunter and Everson Griffin. Um, I think that would be a really solid pick for them. Yeah, I really I really like that pick. Uh, having a guy like Verse fall to 15, I mean, I, that's a great value pick there for sure. But uh, moving forward here, number 16, we got the Seattle Seahawks. So... I'm going to go back to back to back defensive tackles. I mean, I just really like this defensive tackle class. Um, mm -hmm. With the uh, 16th pick, I'm going to say Byron Murphy, defensive tackle out of Texas. Obviously, he played next to Sweat. Uh, by far the best uh, defensive tackle tandem in college football. Um, Murphy had nine sacks last year. You know, a guy like Harrison Reed uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, they're starting defensive tackles, getting older. I think he's... 32 now so it would be nice to pair reed with uh murphy and and just just let it run yeah you know i think you can you can't go wrong with that pick and i know the vikings have a lot of interest in him from what I, from what i've heard um just on different you know through different media per or media people and you know that yeah he's going to be a i think he's gonna be a really great defense lineman in the nfl so the next pick at number 17, and that is Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, um, sitting here, man, you know, Lat, Lat, oh my gosh, his name is crazy to say too, but Latu out of UCLA, edge rusher. Oh, um, yes, yes. Sitting here too, you know, Josh, I think Josh Allen is up for free agency this year. Yep. You know, he had a very solid season. He could leave. Um but I think if I was the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would be taking Layat too out of UCLA, and that is uh, for edge rusher. Yeah, I, I, that's a great pick too. Obviously, we talked about him in previous uh, podcast about his injury concern. But um, if he clears your medical, I mean, to have a guy like him fall to 17 is nuts because he yeah, might. For sure. I mean, when it comes to just straight up pass rushing moves. I mean, he might have the the biggest toolbox out of them all. He had 23 and a half sacks the last two seasons, uh, 6'5", 265 pounds, just a prototypical uh, pass rushing defensive end. So great, great pick for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars there. Yeah, I know. He's definitely a technician with his hands too. So Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, moving on to 18 here, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. And it seems like every single draft, we always talk about the offensive line. But uh, I'm going to go there again. Uh, J.C. Latham, 
uh, offensive tackle from Alabama, 6'6", 360 pounds. Uh, if you haven't seen this guy play yet, I highly recommend plugging in his YouTube highlights. One of the most violent left tackles that you will see. He's, like I said, 360 pounds, so he's a big boy, but is he violent with his hands? So getting a guy like that, I mean, Joe, Joe, you have to keep Joe Burrow healthy. You have to. I know they've gone out and, and signed some guys and have done pretty much everything they can to beef up that offensive line, but just keep adding those guys. So J.C. Latham, offensive tackle from Alabama, going to Cincinnati, uh, I think would be really smart on on their behalf. Yeah, I know that would be uh... – that would be a very nice pick for the Bengals. And like you said, they need to keep adding to that line to protect Burrow. So, well, next sure. next on the clock is uh, L.A. Rams. And, you know, um, they could go defense line here. They could need some linebacker help. I just think all, all around they need some help on the, de- on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, we talk about this cornerback. He's been kind of rising up draft boards here. Had a really impressive senior bowl, and that has Quinion Mitchell, cornerback out of Toledo. Um, you know, he's a guy that has incredible ball skills as a, as a D-back. I believe he had three picks in one game this year, and I think he brought he potentially brought all three of those back to the house. Yep. Yeah, it's, he's crazy. So, you know, he's, he is, yeah. uh, you know, six foot, 195, but I think he'd be a nice fit for the Rams. You know, they let go or they traded Ramsey last offseason to the Miami Dolphins, so they just need to go back to that back to that well and draft a corner here in the first round. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Uh, he was the least uh, targeted corner in this entire draft class, so he's a guy talked about Nomni Asimov a little bit. I mean, he might have that kind of potential to literally just shut down, you know, an entire side of, the, of, of or half the field. So I really like that pick for those guys. Moving to uh, Pittsburgh at pick 20, um, I'm going corner two here. You know, they obviously drafted uh, Joey Porter Jr. last year. He played, um, he had a great, great season, Pro Bowl corner. But I'm going to go ahead and, and take uh, Terion Arnold here, uh, corner from Alabama. A lot of people have him as the number one cornerback in this draft class. Um, in my opinion, this is probably one of the weaker quarterback draft classes in a while. So if you were to go out and if you if you're looking for a corner and you want to take one early because I think in later rounds I think the drop off is pretty steep, but but going back to Arnold, you know he played a little safety for Alabama before moving back to corner. So in reality, if you really wanted to, you could kind of move him all over that defense. But uh, having a guy like him next to Joey Porter Jr. would would be really nice. Yeah, that'd be a really nice pick for them. And you know, just having those two guys, I think Joey Porter was up for defense rookie of the year this year too yep, so right. he had a really solid year um that would be some you know two nice players on the outside for the pittsburgh steelers going forward yeah so moving on now to the 21st pick you have the miami dolphins on the clock you know and i just think they can still use some help on their offensive line and just a violent offensive tackle um can just lock guys up with his hands and that's talise fuaga out of Oregon State, definitely a power uh, offensive tackle, and I think he'd look he'd be a very solid pick and a nice add to that Miami Dolphins offensive line. Yeah, for sure, I like that pick a lot too. Anything to keep Tua up and healthy. Obviously, he's deal he's dealt with uh, injury concerns too, so keeping a guy like that upright is 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 huge. 
So moving on to the 22nd pick, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock, and I think they go corner here. Kool-Aid McKinstry, corner from Alabama. Uh, Kool-Aid is not his real name. I know a lot of people are probably wondering if that's his real name. It's not. His, uh, his first name is Quincy. So if I had a, a name like Gakwinski, I would probably go by Kool-Aid too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how, how much longer a guy like uh, Darius Slay is going to be around for them. You know, eventually, you know, the Eagles got a really stacked roster. I could see, you know, it's going to come to the point where they're going to have to start paying these guys. I could see Slay being uh, a cap casualty. So you go out there um, coming into the season for college football. Kool-Aid was uh, the number one corner coming into the season. Kind of got outplayed by his teammate Arnold, but uh, overall still had a good season. He's definitely still worthy of, of a first-round pick, and yeah, I think he'd be a great fit in in Philly. Yeah, I agree. That would be a that'd be a very really nice pick for them, and um, you know, just going back to that SEC while they're you know they're absolutely went to Georgia, now they go to Alabama. So yep, they love that. Definitely, he definitely looks like an eagle. That's for sure. Yep. So, well, moving on now to the 23rd pick, uh, Houston Texans are on the clock. Um, you know, they could, you know, Tank Dell, I'm not sure if he's, you know, how much time he's going to miss next year with that late injury in the year. You know, they could maybe use some more rushers on the D-line, maybe use just a little more offensive line help too. And, you know, one of my favorite rising prospects here in this draft process has been um, the center out of Oregon. And, you know, he had just a strong, really strong senior bowl. You know, his stock just rose completely up the boards. And that's Jackson Powers Johnson, and he's a center. So he would fit very nicely in Houston, and I think they would get their center moving forward for years to come. Yeah, that is a really nice pick. I mean, C.J. Stroud would like that pick a lot, so... Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of that one. Um, moving on to pick 24 here, the Dallas Cowboys. I think their number one need is receiver. They have to find a guy opposite of C.D. Lamp. They got to take some pressure off C.D. Um, and the guy that I really like a lot in this draft is Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. Towards the end of the season, he really rolls up the boards. 6'4", 205 pounds. Honestly, he's built just like Randy Moss. Probably the best pure, pure uh, deep deep ball threat in this in this draft uh, uh and he's probably gonna run mid uh four threes so he's a he's a burner he's got the size and if you can stretch the field and like i said before just kind of have cd work underneath and get uh get to get a bunch of receptions i think a guy like brian thomas jr in dallas would be would be massive for that team yeah he really had a terrific year and he flies, man. He's got some speed for sure. I'll be excited to see what he can run at the combine. Yeah, he's really fun to watch. I, honestly, this is an unfair comparison, but he reminds me just the way he runs of, of Randy Moss. Yeah, you know that's a that's a pretty big comparison, but um, yeah, you know he definitely is that kind of lanky build like Moss was. So, yep. Well, moving on now to the next pick, uh, pick number twenty-five here. Um, again, I got to do another pick. I'm just not very excited about but i guess i'll do it and that is for the green bay packers um you know the green bay packers obviously they hit on their quarterback 
you know, I'd like to see what he does next year, but man, he looked special this season, especially later on in the year. So, um, you know, I kind of jumped a little back and forth. Could they go cornerback to add to someone next to Jair Alexander on the outside? You know, could they go offensive tackle? I know that David Batiari, he's been hurt for the last couple of years. I'm not sure what's going on with that situation. So, but if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I think they have a nice group of wide receivers. You know, they could maybe add someone in the second second round if they want to. Um, but I think they just need to shore up their offensive line and offense tackle, and that's taking – and I'll take Amarius Mims, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Nice. I like that pick. So, you know, he's a big dude, um, very powerful, and I think he would – you know, he's – I think he'd fit nicely with, with the Green Bay Packers, and he's six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds. So yeah, he is a, he is a mauler, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's he's he's a big dude. Hopefully, uh, whoever the Packers take, you know, they turn into a bust. But moving on to number twenty six, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had a really good season this year with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I fully expect them to uh, lock him up. So I'm gonna go on the. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball for this pick. I'm going to go Chop Robinson, defensive end from Penn State. Um, as of right now, he's he's kind of a one-trick pony. But if he can add, you know, more tools to his, uh, you know, his tool belt, I think it, he could easily be a double-digit sack guy um, for years to come. So, And he might have the best first step in the entire draft. So he's kind of a one-trick pony, really explosive about the line of scrimmage. So... More of a project, but at pick 26, I re really like his uh, potential. Yeah, I know, and he's, uh, he's just an old-school edge rusher, too. He wears no gloves, no sleeves, and yeah, you know, he'd fit awesome. nicely down. That would fit perfect for him, though, down in that Tampa weather. So definitely probably don't need yep. to be wearing sleeves in that heat. No, definitely not. So, well, now moving on to pick number 27, um, you have the Arizona Cardinals here. They took... Marvin Harrison Jr. and with the fourth overall pick, and now they're back on the clock. Uh, this pick belonged to Houston. Houston traded up last year to select Will Anderson Jr. with that third overall pick, and you know taking the wide or taking the wide receiver early. I think that Arizona could use some D back help and a guy that I like. You know he's one of my favorite cornerbacks in this class. Probably my number two cornerback and that is Nate Wiggins quarterback out of Clemson so I think that would be a really solid pick for the Cardinals and they just continue and they need to add to that defense the defensive side of the ball there in Arizona yeah that that's a nice pick especially for their scheme you know he's more of a, a zone corner but he's long and lanky and I think he would fit really nicely with that that Arizona Cardinals team uh, so we got pick 28. So Buffalo Bills. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go wide receiver. I'm going to give them more. I'm going to give Josh Allen another target here. We really don't know what the future of Stefan Diggs is in Buffalo. It always seems like that dude's upset, especially, you know, after a playoff loss. So maybe this is the off season that he actually gets moved, but I'm a big fan of this guy. I do think that he'll end up being a first-round pick when it's all said and done. But Xavier Leggett, wide receiver from South Carolina, 
Okay. Um, if you look at him, he just reminds me he is like a D- DK Metcalf clone. He's built the same, same height, same weight, probably the same speed. I think both of those guys, obviously DK was a 4-3 guy. Then I think uh, Xavier Leggett will be a 4-3 guy too. So just imagine uh, DK Metcalf on the Bills. I think a lot of Bill fans would uh, really like that pick. Yeah, that'd be a really solid pick. And yeah, I think he. this is like the perfect range for him this late first round, early second to mid-second round. So we'll see what he for does sure. at the combine and see if he can even make his um, – his stock rise higher. So, well, uh, now we move on to the pick number 29. And just for some reason, Zach, I'm just noticing that I've been picking, picking the whole all NFC yeah. North. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll all joking aside, though, um, yeah, I'm doing my best job, though, of what I would do no, you are. to try you to are. improve those teams. So, you know, yep. Detroit, you know, hats off to them, man. They deserve this season. They've been waiting for this season for a long time. Uh, they were a lot of fun to watch. That Dan Campbell, um, the new look Lions, like they say on the Pat McAfee show. And man, I'm they have a they have a lot of exciting things to look forward to because I don't see them going to, going away anytime soon. So, you know, just watching the Detroit, you know, I feel like they have the weapons on offense. They have that really good offense line. They have the quarterback and Jared Goff. They have weapons at wide receiver. And, you know, one thing that was missing this year was that defense. You know, they're pretty opportunistic at times. Um, you know, I think they could use maybe um, some little safety help. I don't know if uh, – what's his name? Who's the corner – who's the safety they got from Philly this year? Chance – Chance yes. Gardner-Johnson? Yeah. Yep. Correct. Is he going to be back? I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Um yeah, I th- I honestly thought that he was just there for on a one year deal. So yeah, so you know what? I would be. I think this would be a pretty exciting pick for Detroit Lions, and that is taking Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. Let's go. You know, just nice watching pick. him, watching him, in Minnesota. He's got incredible ball skills. Can come come downfield, make tackles, and man, he would uh, he would be a fun player to watch in Detroit. I'll be bummed that he he's in the NFC North, but I'll be excited that. I'd be able to watch him at least two times a year when he's playing the Vikings. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, clear-cut, best safety in the draft. 6'2", 215 pounds. You know, good ball hawk. Uh, nine interceptions the last two seasons. First-team All-American. And I saw a tweet uh, either today or yesterday that while when he was in coverage, he only allowed 30 yards all season. So that's what kind of guy he is yeah, in that's coverage. Unreal. Absolute superstar. You know, getting a guy like that at pick 29, um, in my opinion, watching the, t- you know, watching the tape and watching his highlights, he should really be a top 15 pick. Yeah, and he could maybe move up. And, you know, I think playing at Minnesota kind of hinders that a little bit. But Agreed. I think whoever's going to get him, you know, it's going to be like a Winfield Jr. situation yep. where he's going to be a steal. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of my favorite players in the draft. That, that was a great pick. Uh on to pick number 30, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, man, they, they got a really nice, nice roster. So I'm just kind of going best pl- player available here, and that's Cooper DeGene, cornerback from Iowa. He's actually a white corner, so yep. it'd be kind of cool seeing a white corner go in the first round. But he's probably the, the best tackling corner in the draft. You know, he's not the fastest or athletic, but just an overall good playmaker. He had... Uh, Seven interceptions the last two seasons. So 
I just feel like a guy like that, you plug him in, you know, he's just just a, a great football player, and I think he would fit well with that Baltimore defense. Yeah, you know what I think? Uh, Gopher fans remember him as a guy who did the blatant fair catch on that punt return touchdown that got taken back in the Iowa game yes. this year. So I'm a little biased. Yes. He did definitely wave his arm there, you know. But yep, agreed. Um, I he think did. I think the refs made the right call on that. But moving on to the 31st pick, and that's the San Francisco 49ers on the clock. You know, um, man, just watching them. I know they have they're gonna be in. You know, some cap trouble this year. I think they're down in the low, maybe millions, if not even a little less than that, maybe hundred thousands in cap right now. You know, obviously that can change big time based on maybe cuts, restructures, and you know, moving forward. But just watch them though, man. They uh they don't have a lot of holes on that team, you know, and they're 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 an exciting exciting team and you know I'd feel a little better if I kind of had a better idea what they're going to be doing in free agency but one of my sure. favorite prospects that have, has been kind of rising up in the draft process and he had a really good senior bowl um and that's Darius Robinson edge defender out of Missouri so nice you know so he's a solid pick I think he's gonna be a guy that maybe kind of finds his way up into that late early second round and you know just adding another guy on that d-line that can just they can continue with that tenacious pass rush in san fran would be a good move yeah i think so too i mean geez beefing up that defensive line even more is, is pretty scary but uh yeah for sure you know and they could potentially lose chase young to this offseason yeah, exactly, and I, and I think they will. I, if I had to guess, I think Chase Young will be on a different team, so they could get him and just plug him into Chase Young's spot and, and just let it go. But moving on here to the uh, Super Bowl champs, unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs. So now, obviously, when you got a team as good as you, you have, you kind of have, you know, this is more of a luxury pick than anything else. Yeah. So I think the biggest need that they have is, is wide receiver, I was thinking of a guy like Keenan Coleman, a uh, wide receiver from FSU. He's a big body, 6'4", 230 pounds, a uh, really good red zone target. But the more I think about it, I do think they go wide receiver, but I think they're going to go Xavier Worthy, wide receiver from Texas. Okay. So, and, and the only reason why I pick him over Coleman is for the speed factor. You know, Worthy is the fastest receiver if not the fastest player in this entire draft yeah he's gonna be a 4-2 guy uh last year at texas you know he really showed out with uh quinn ears at quarterback went over a mm-hmm. thousand yards receiving he's a great return guy you know punt return kick return so you know the chiefs could use him that way too but i really think that obviously since they've lost tyree kill they just need that default guy yeah you know i sure. think rice is a pretty pretty solid receiver you know Bryce had I think had nine touchdowns last year so um let him work underneath a little bit and just have a guy like Xavier Worthy uh just plug him in and and just kind of kind of run the same routes that Tyreek did in Kansas City yeah so you get a 4-2 guy throw deep balls do them you know stretch that field out a little more I think that'd be a really good pick for Kansas City yeah you know that'd be a solid pick and they definitely need the more more help at wide receiver I think they have a nice guy moving forward with Rasheed Rice. Um, 
but just continuing to help Patrick Mahomes with more weapons would be helpful. I do think I like a guy, you know, like our, so that kind of wraps up our first round mock here. Another guy I could see them maybe going after and just maybe based on his off season and how he does and at the combine is Roman Wilson, that wide receiver out of Michigan, because he was just creating separation left and right at the senior bowl. I know he was like one of the guys that was the top five player. Um, you know, he left as one of the best players at the senior bowl this year. So I think Roman Wilson's kind of a guy to look out for that can maybe move up the board here and maybe sneak into the maybe late first round or something. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, you know, Roman's another, you know, deep ball threat that really stretched the field for, mm-hmm. for Michigan when they did take their shots downfield. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think he, he had double-digit touchdowns. I know that for sure at Michigan. So, but yeah, that's definitely what they need. They need a guy that can stretch the field. Um, obviously, in today's NFL, Xavier Worthy is only 6'1", 175 pounds. So, he's really, yeah. you know, he's really light. But, I mean, look at a guy like Devontae Smith. You know, it doesn't really matter. Well, Devontae Smith dominates, yeah, exactly. and I think I don't even know if he weighs 180 pounds. So, yeah, yeah it, if you can create separation, man, with your with speed, that's that's the big difference maker. You know, you have those guys that maybe six four, six three, six five, but they're slow movers and they can't create separation. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, no doubt about it. There, but I would be shocked if they didn't go receiver in that first round there. And uh, there's going to be some nice talent for them picking in at uh, 32. Yeah, for sure. And also, I think you know, we look at our draft, we have. Michael Penix Jr. left here. I wonder if a team would maybe try to move up to that 30-second pick just to take him if he's still sliding to get that fifth-year option. Yep, and I could totally see that too because the Chiefs can move down, collect uh, another day-two pick, and all those receivers that we talked about will be there in the second round. You know, they could just sit there and, and take one of those guys. Yep. Where, you know, depending on how far they actually traded back in that second round. But I do think a team... Um, we'll trade up in that first round for a guy like Penix or even Bo Nix if he doesn't go as high as, okay. you know, the Saints. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, as a Raider fan, you know, you guys took um, uh, Newton at 13. Do you think yep. you would be, you know, if you were the GM, if you're a Telesco for the Raiders, would you potentially move into that, try to move into that 30-second pick to take a guy like Penix? Absolutely. I definitely would. Uh like I said, I, I would really like to get Penix in the first round just to get that fifth-year option. I, you know, that fifth-year option is huge, especially if that quarterback plays as good as you're anticipating. So having him for five years instead of the four, you know, you can kind of stretch out that contract extension, which is really huge. Um, obviously, the the, uh, the Vikings did that with Teddy Bridgewater. They traded back up and got yeah. him at, what, 32, I think. Yeah. So it's definitely smart to do. Uh, I'm kind of really hoping that the Raiders are a little more aggressive in the draft and trade up into the top three. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, and obviously we weren't doing trades in this mock draft, you know, you just stay put at 13, take best player available, which I think they did at Newton at 13, and then, you know, trade back up, like you said, and get your franchise guy. And I love Penix. So if if they ended up leaving that first day, um, that first round of the NFL draft with a guy like Newton and Penix, I mean, man, would I be excited. Yeah, that'd be a, that would be a very exciting uh, draft for the Raiders for sure. So, all yeah, right, I well, yeah, well, we made it to this point of the show. If you're still listening, you know, thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. And if you like this draft talk, we'll have more mocks coming up. So just be on the lookout for those. 
um, when they do drop. Yeah, thanks again if you guys listen to this point. Uh, we wanted to get this one out before the scouting combine hits because obviously all the rankings and stuff are, will, will definitely be changing and be changing fast. So it'll be fun to look back at this and, and see how off we were. So, uh, yeah, thanks, you guys, for listening, and we'll catch you at the next one. Go Raiders. I'm Skull Vikes. Thank you for listening to our episode. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram and X at Naptime Sports Talk Podcast for content related to the pod. Thank you for the support.